0: Hey, welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy, and this is the podcast where our mission is to extend the life expectancy of the culture one episode at a time. So excited to have you here. If it's your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you get a lot of value out of today's episode. And if you don't know, at the Black Health Academy we teach health from a holistic standpoint, primary, primarily primarily um, from a whole food, plant-based lifestyle aspect. So what we teach our students and our scholars here at the academy, our academics as we call them, is how to adopt a whole food, plant-based lifestyle um, that is a version of a vegan diet, meaning we do not promote any animal products here at the Academy, you know, the majority of our students are already battling a chronic lifestyle disease, whether that be obesity, hypertension, high cholesterol, kidney failure, you know, some form of an autoimmune disease, fatty liver disease, You know, heart disease, you know, and then neurological mental health issues. And so, our mission is to get the body back to a place of balance or homeostasis. And one of the ways we do that is by teaching a plant based diet. And I mentioned that here in the intro because the episode you're about to hear is all about eating meat. (laughs) And in this episode, this is actually part two of a previous episode that. I did entitled Yes, You Can Eat Meat and Still Be Healthy. If you haven't checked out that initial episode, it is certainly worth taking a listen. So scroll through those episode titles and look for the one entitled Yes, You Can Eat Meat and Still Be Healthy. And the episode you're about to hear is kind of putting some perspective around that. You know, our mission was not to give people permission, but to give people understanding of, you know, why adopting a vegan diet doesn't make you more superior than anyone else and why someone eating an animal-based diet doesn't make them inferior. Um, But today in part two, you're going to hear a little more context around that idea of eating meat and still being healthy. So if a plant-based diet is something you are interested in, have been trying out, thinking about exploring, then I believe this episode will be quite beneficial for you. To get all of the value out of the Academy, do yourself an entire favor and make sure you join the Academy at www.theblackhealthacademy.com. It's absolutely no charge, takes less than two minutes to enroll. And you should also go ahead and get registered for our next first Saturday class entitled Get Planted, an Introduction to a Whole Food Plant-Based Lifestyle. And that can all be done right there on the website If you enjoy what you hear today, please give us a subscribe, a follow. Please share this podcast with someone who you think will benefit. And with that being said, enjoy. Welcome back. Yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy. Now, this is part two. Of a previous live I did, a previous episode. If you're interested in hearing part one, which is quite juicy and quite a perspective that a lot of people gave us feedback on that they really enjoyed, then look for Yes, You Can Eat Meat and Still Be Healthy on the Black Health Academy podcast platform. And you will be able to get all of the juiciness from that episode. And it'll probably put this episode and more perspective for you. But my mission today is to come back and give some additional context around this concept of, yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy because I had a very lively conversation in our alumni group at Farm to Table um, not too long ago. And one of our alumni mentioned this episode. And so I promised I would do a part two Around this concept of yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy. And here it is. Super excited to dive into it. This would be fairly quick, um, but I wanna play a little game called What I Said Versus What You Heard, okay? What I Said Versus What You Heard. So, in part one of this conversation, um, for those of you who have not seen it or heard it or listened to the replay on the Black Health Academy podcast, in part one of this conversation, What I said was, you know, ask me when I'm doing speaking and I'm talking, like, if I eat some animal products, is that still, is that okay? Like, if I don't remove all animal products, if I still want to do a boiled egg or if I still want to do seafood or whatever, or have, you know, some meat sometimes, because I don't feel like I can completely give up chicken, do you think I could still be healthy, and so part one was essentially my answer to that. And let me give you a quick synopsis of what my reply was in part one. My decision to live a whole food plant-based vegan lifestyle and my decision to dedicate my career to teaching others how to do the same is based strictly off of data and numbers, not off of a trend that I'm trying to follow. It's My decision is not based off of something that Um, I see others doing and I'm just following along. Um, My decision is not based off of, you know, any type of superiority complex or like an egoic decision. But what the data has shown is that the majority, no, all of the lifestyle diseases that our population here in America battles, right? The foundation of them are hormones, inflammation, saturated fat. Um, And a host of other things like growth hormones and a host of other things, all of which are housed in animal products, right? Mucus, a lot of diseases, the basis is uh, excess mucus in the body. And so these are all... Um, things that happen as a side effect of consuming animal products on a regular basis, right? The saturated fat clogs the arteries. Now we have heart disease, the number one cause of death of, in, in our country, right? The excess mucus. Mucus is the number one carrier of disease in the body. And so we're seeing people dying prematurely from things that were preventable, like type 2 diabetes, like high cholesterol, like hypertension, like obesity is a disease, Um and different types of cancers, you know, autoimmune disease, all these things are exasperated with an animal based diet. Right. The data is, has shown that. And so my decision to live a whole food plant based diet was based on that was based on that data because longevity is my personal goal. I want to live to 150 for those of you who don't know. And so longevity is a very personal goal of mine. And I needed to understand how to have longevity, to live a long life, um, and what's the best way to eat in order to do that. Okay? So that's number one. So all that being said, when when I say, yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy, It doesn't change the possibility of you getting sick if you lead an animal based diet. And it doesn't change the possibility of me getting sick even though I eat a vegan diet. What it changes is the probability. Okay. Possibility and probability are two things. Sometimes we use them interchangeably. So this is just a quick synopsis of part one. Okay. So is it a possibility that I could get cancer, COVID? heart disease like anybody else. Yes. My probability is much lower though. Okay? If I if I maintain a whole food plant-based diet, my probability, I e likelihood from a percentage standpoint is much lower. Okay? than someone who eats, you know, regularly burgers, fries, steak, fried chicken, fried fish, you know, eggs, cheese, butter, like ice cream. Their probability of getting a lifestyle disease and battling a lifestyle disease that maybe might result in premature death is much higher than someone who doesn't consume those things. So that's the quick that's the quick synopsis of part one. I go much deeper with many more analogies and examples in part one. So if you want to hear part one of Yes, You Can Eat Meat and Still Be Healthy, you definitely have to check it out on the Black Health Academy podcast. Just search for the Black Health Academy podcast and search for that episode. Okay, but here's part two, because let me tell you what happened recently, okay? I was having a conversation. We were having a, a lively conversation in my Farm to Table alumni group, okay? Farm to Table is my signature plant based coaching program, okay? So we have a private alumni group, and one of our alumni posed a question in the alumni group. So one of my alumni, you know, recently said, I'm conflicted. Um, Someone close to me recently got out of surgery. They're in the hospital. They want me to bring them a chicken salad, some chicken, and I'm not sure whether or not to do it. It doesn't feel right, right? So the alumni obviously is plant-based. She lives um, a completely plant-based lifestyle, right? So she doesn't consume any animal products. And she was posing this question in our group, right? Someone who was in recovery, Right? (laughs) Who's on right now, listening and watching. Um, but she was saying someone who was in recovery wants me to bring them some chicken. And I don't know whether or not I should do it. I'm a little conflicted. And she posed the question in the group, what do you guys think I should do? And so, you know, all, of, all the students were chiming in. I would, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't, right? But one of the students chimed in and said, well, I, w- I would give her the chicken because you can eat meat and still be healthy, right? right? I was like, ooh, right? So she was kind of making a reference to this talk that I did earlier. Like Lisa said, you can eat meat and still be healthy. There's a chance that you could still be optimally healthy and eat meat. So what I quickly realized is that the title of that first talk should not have been, yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy. The title of that first talk should have been, Yes, you can eat meat and stay healthy. That makes a huge, huge difference. Listen to me very carefully. First of all, okay, as I said before, there's no guarantee in either direction. There's no guarantee that if you eat animal products, you're going to die early, you're going to be diseased, you're going to be on medication, Nobody says that's guaranteed. And everybody has an example of somebody they know who ate bacon every day of their life and lived to 102. Okay, so there's clearly no guarantee that if you eat animal products, you're going to die young or you're going to be sick. There's also no guarantee that if you don't eat animal products, that you're going to live a super long time and not be sick, right? There's no guarantee in either direction. However, right, the probability is different for both. But what I should have said in that first talk was, yes, you can eat meat and stay healthy. What I'm saying is, when the body and mind is compromised already, okay, it is your responsibility, okay, it is your responsibility to do everything in your power to restore the body and mind back to optimal health, back to a place of homeostasis, back to balance back to no inflammation, back to no medication, back to no disease, how we were, most of us were born into this world. Optimal health is your human right. So I have people, people in my life who are healthy, like, I mean, healthy, like on my level, healthy, like, like we, we serious about our health. Like we drink our water, we exercise five, six days a week, right? We like, we we check a whole bunch of boxes. We watch what we eat, but they eat animal products. Like they still eat some fish. They don't do dairy anymore, but they still eat some animal products. Some fish I know for sure, maybe some eggs, you know, maybe even some chicken every now and then. And so there are people in my life who prioritize health as much as I do and they still eat animal products. I have no doubt That they are still going to live a long and healthy life. The issue with most people, is they're not resisting or rejecting a plant-based diet because they really believe that what they're doing is optimally healthy, they're resisting and rejecting a plant-based diet because they lack the discipline, they lack the willpower, they lack the non-negotiables, they lack the ability to commit to something that they know will restore their health. These are two different classes of people that eat animal products, right? There is a class of people who prioritize health just as much as my little vegan self, and they consume some animal products very consciously, but they're, but they're checking all the other boxes. Some of you heard my first talk, heard part one, yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy, and took that as an invitation, I am not inviting you to fried chicken. I'm not inviting you to fried fish. I'm not inviting you to cheesy eggs. I'm not inviting you inviting you to butter, yogurt, ice cream, right? None of that. I'm not inviting you to salmon. I'm not inviting you to steamed white fish. If you make that choice, that's your decision. What I was saying is that there's no guarantee. That you're going to get sick just because you eat that stuff, just like there's no guarantee that I'm going to live forever by not eating that stuff. My probability is different from yours, though. The data does show that by removing bacon, lunch meat, sausages, eggs and cheese and chicken and pork and beef out of my diet, that my chances of heart disease are slim to none. My chances of cancer are lowered. My chances of obesity significantly lowered, And I know because I used to be obese. I used to be 65 pounds heavier and I've kept it off since being vegan. And I lost the weight before going vegan. Like my chances of having to battle with the chronic diseases that most people in my ecosystem battle with are much lower. Okay. However, that talk should have been called, yes, you can eat meat and stay healthy. Meaning, if health is already a core value and a priority of yours, and you know this not by what you say, but by what you do on a daily basis. You, everybody, if I ask them, is going to say, yes, health is super important to me. But I'm not, I'm not basing that on your words. I'm basing it on your daily habits. So if health, based on your daily habits, is truly a priority to you, and you, and you decide to still consume some animal products, there's a chance you can still be very healthy. Does that make sense? And so back to this conversation we had in our alumni group. So when the young lady posed the question, hey, this person in my life is in the hospital recovering from surgery. She wants me to bring her some chicken. I let my students go back and forth. Some said they would, some said they wouldn't. And the ones that said they would give the person chicken their defense was, and I, and I hate this defense, but their defense was, I don't want to push my beliefs onto other people. What? So they're like, if somebody in a hospital recovering for surgery, asks for a chicken salad, even though I'm vegan, I would bring it to them because I don't want to push my lifestyle on somebody else. That's not pushing your lifestyle on somebody. That's like saying... Me driving in a car listening to gospel music when the person next to me ain't saved is pushing my lifestyle on people. No, 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 no. Your beliefs and your core values are extension of who you are. There is not a deviation from that. You don't do what you don't do and you do what you do. Does that make sense? Like me telling somebody who's not vegan, who's recovering from surgery, so who is not whole, who is not optimally healthy, who is, whose body is still compromised. Me making the decision not to give them something that could potentially extend the, their time needed to recovery is not pushing my, my values and my lifestyle on, some, on somebody. A lot of times when individuals say that, right, like you're pushing your lifestyle on somebody else. Um, because you're adhering to what you personally believe in, is usually because they haven't completely embodied it themselves, right? And so it's not that they feel like they're pushing their lifestyle on someone else. It's often because they feel um, misaligned because they haven't adhered to what they have said they believed in or what they committed to. And so because they, they feel incongruent and misaligned with that belief, they will feel guilty. Right, Because they still get it. They still resonate with people who want to eat that way. And so it feels okay to give in when somebody wants it, even though they know it's not in their best interest. So me living this lifestyle, I always do what I believe is in the best interest of the person recovering, not in what they want. It's like a child. Like what they want and what's in their best interest are not always the same. And it's my responsibility, especially as both a student and a teacher of this lifestyle, right, to adhere to that. So after my students went back and forth in the chat, I chimed in, you know, hey, no, I personally would not have brought them the chicken salad, right, because the body and the mind is compromised. So can you eat meat um, and be healthy if you're already compromised? The answer is no. Like, what does compromise mean? That means you're overweight that means you're on medication from some for some type of lifestyle disease. That means you know you're battling maybe mental health issues, emotional health issues. You might even have an autoimmune disease. You might have a, a reproductive system issue uh, as a as a male or female uh, a reproductive health issue. Animal products are inflammatory. They contain growth hormones. Um, they they contain toxins that become ignite it when they come in contact with heat and so there's things that when your body is already compromised you don't have the capacity you you don't have the capacity to uphold you like there is a difference between you know how people see somebody thin and they be like you can afford that piece of cake I can't it's that same analogy Right. It's like, oh Lisa, you can afford a cookie. You small. I can't afford to do that. I'm trying to lose weight. It's the same concept, right? So what people heard in part one was, Oh, Lisa said I can eat meat and still be healthy. So full speed ahead with the wing ding dinner. First of all, there's certain meat or uh Meat preparation types that ain't never available to nobody. Like the person I was talking about earlier who's super, super health conscious just as I am. She don't eat fried fish, fried chicken, all this deep fried crap. She don't eat dairy. She don't, she's very conscious about the animal products she does consume. And I respect it. I would never agree with it. I would never join her with the salmon. But I respect it because she does everything else to be healthy. And she believes that eating some fish, eating some eggs is okay. And being completely honest, there's no data that shows that she's at a higher risk by eating those things per se. Matter of fact, the populations um, across the world called Blue Zones that has the longest living people and the highest number of centenarians Um, they, they typically have a little bit of fish in their diet. It's been documented over and over again, right? It's it's a personal choice that I'm choosing not to make. And I also, you also have to recognize though, about those populations. And this is the part of the data that we ignore. You have to recognize everything else they do to be healthy. See, diet guys is not the only component and the only factor to optimal health. Like, if health was a staircase, right, like if health was at the top of this long staircase, diet would only be one step, right? If, if, if optimal health was at the top of a ladder and you got these different rungs on the ladder, diet is only one rung. So number one, the way to get over whatever health challenge you're battling, diet is a huge component. It's a huge rung. It's a huge step. Don't get me wrong. It's like major, major, but it's not the only. And so what I mean by that is, like, I'm a plant-based vegan and I'm like, like, I'm, I'm dead serious about being plant-based, right? Like, I live it, okay? However, let's say I decided tomorrow to just become disobedient, meaning I was like, you know what, bump my assignment, I'm about to go become a barista at Starbucks, okay? In that moment that I choose disobedience over obedience, even though it's not in the kitchen, I have potentially shortened my life expectancy. Things such as your obedience to what you're called to do on this planet plays a huge role in whether you're going to be optimally healthy. Things such as whether or not you live with chronic stress plays a huge role, whether or not you're going to be optimally healthy. Things such as your exercise regimen plays a huge role in whether or not you're gonna be healthy. Things such as your personal connections, your social connections, your relationships with other humans has the biggest role, plays the bigger role in whether or not you're gonna be optimal health, optimally healthy. So you could be the most perfect plant-based vegan, but not be doing what you're called to do on this planet, Have jacked up relationships with people in your life and with your community. Not be serving other people and be completely self-serving. You can be holding on to anger, grief, shame, jealousy. All of that shortens your life expectancy, yet you ain't eating meat. Okay, so don't get superior with this. Don't think that your diet is the only thing. It's a it's a huge thing, but it's not the only thing like disease manifests in a body that has a low vibrational frequency. What lowers the vibrational frequency of a body? Number one, negative emotions. So if you're still angry about that thing that happened six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, your body is compromised. Okay, chronic stress, elevated levels of cortisol lowers the vibrational frequency of the body. Dehydration. You vegan, but you ain't even drinking enough water. Never eating plants. Like, don't move. Like, you eat right, but you refuse to do the exercise, right? You, like, your marriage jacked up, right? Like, it's, it's so many other things that plays, like, that has to do with health. So, you can't think, that just your diet is the only thing that makes a difference. It's the thing that, you know, typically rises to the top that most health experts are going to talk about the most. But if you've been following or listening to me any amount of time, you know, I probably talk about obedience and living a chronic stress free life more than I even or just as much as I talk about plants and, and diet. So there are boxes that you have to check to secure your longevity on this planet beyond just diet but eating meat and still being healthy is an option there are a lot of people do a lot of people don't subscribe to a plant-based diet and that's okay but let me tell you something if your body is compromised I cannot say this enough if your body or mind is compromised it is your job to take everything out of your regimen that is not in line with optimal health in the meat that we're eating on this planet. The quality that we're eating and the way we're preparing it is compromising the mind and the body. Eggs, for example, causes neuroinflammation in the brain. Most people don't know this. Most people don't know that if you have a history of depression or anxiety or some type of mood disorder, that eating eggs is going to exacerbate that. But that's why education is so important. That's why before trying out a new lifestyle or adopting a new lifestyle, you sit at the feet at somebody, um, sit at the feet of someone who's mastered it. Because most of us are, you know, doing this trial and error thing. We're trying this thing out before we have all of the information, and so then you decide that this ain't for you, not because um, it's not the best option for your health at the time, but because it's too hard for you right, because it doesn't seem sustainable for you, but you don't realize that your history of depression has been exasperated every time you eat eggs because of the neuroinflammatory response that it causes, right? You don't realize that your hypertension has been exasperated every time you eat chicken because they literally inject it with sodium water, right, to plump it up and increase the volume so that it sells for more. So, you don't, you don't understand that cheese, right, has one of the highest concentrations of sodium and saturated fat in the standard American diet. And it's part of the reason you can't lose weight. You think if you sprinkle a little bit on top of a salad, you will be all right. You won't be. OK, you don't realize your kid's asthma is being exacerbated every time they eat dairy. Why? Because it's detrimental to the lungs, all of the excess mucus that the dairy is creating in the body. So if you haven't sat at the feet of someone who, who's mastered what you're trying to do, that's your first mistake. Right. And so what what we do, what we do is we're constantly in pursuit of good news about our bad habits. Constantly. All of us. So many of us. Drop the ball so often in being consistent and being disciplined. Right. And doing what's required to live optimally that instead of seeking how I can do this once and for all. We seek good news about our bad habits. Just somebody please tell me a little bit of sugar won't hurt. Somebody, Can somebody please just give me a sugar substitute? Can somebody please just tell me that I can still eat this and still lose weight? You cannot. You, you, you cannot be laid up in the hospital trying to recover from a surgery or a disease or COVID or a condition and still eat dairy or chicken or it causes too much mucus in the body. It causes too much inflammation in the body. You can't afford it. So if optimal health wasn't a part of your life before, before you got hit with a disease or a dysfunction, right? But then you still try and keep what you were addicted to as you're trying to overcome the disease and the dysfunction. It's not going to work. It's not. Stop trying to look for good news about your bad habits. It ain't none. The fact of the matter is, whatever has a hold on you more than you have over it is a problem. Whether that be chicken or sugar, right? Whether that that be bacon or salty potato chips. Whatever has a hold on you more than you have over it is a problem. I don't care what you subscribe to. Whatever has a hold on you more than you have over it is a problem. And the only way to get over addiction is abstinence. Okay, so. Part one, yes, you can eat meat and still be healthy, was not an invitation. You want to know why? Because 95 percent of the people that's listening to my voice right now ain't healthy. 95% of the people that's listening to my voice right now ain't healthy. And you know how I know? My audience is not made up of a bunch of optimally healthy people. They're not interested in what I'm saying. They already got that part. My audience is made up of individuals who are already compromised. My audience is made up of individuals who need to lose weight who've been battling the disease for years, who've been on medication for years, who recently got diagnosed with something, who recently was told they're pre-hypertensive, pre-diabetic, they're on the cusp of this, they're approaching the same age um, that their their parents were when they died young from cancer or heart disease. The majority of my audience is not made up of people who are optimally healthy. The people that's tuning into this message are people who need it. Why? Because we're attracted to what we need. We're attracted to what we need. So if you're listening right now, if you haven't signed off by now, it's because you're curious. Why? Because you're still trying to figure this thing out. Why? Because physically, mentally, or emotionally, you have not reached your peak yet. And you're trying to figure out how to get there. And I'm telling you right now, consuming the salt, the oil, the sugar, consuming the animal products, the dairy, the beef, the processed meat. Oh, Lord, we're moving into barbecue season, y'all. Can y'all please stop with the sausages and the links and the burger patties on the grill? Like the carcinogens, I can't take it. Like, don't think like, oh, Lisa said I could eat meat and still be healthy. As you're clearly overweight, as you're clearly popping hypertension drugs, as you're clearly taking antacids to eat everything, as you clearly got to take lactate or whatever it is so you can digest dairy. I I wasn't talking to you when I said that. I'm not talking to you. If you overweight, if you already sick, if you got an autoimmune disease, a, a mental disease, if, if, you, if you got stomach and digestive health issues, I was not talking to you. <laughs> okay? Your body and your mind is not in a position where you can handle that. Why? Because you're already compromised. The vibrational frequency is low. If you're in kidney failure right now listening to this, no, you cannot have a state. No, you cannot have a chicken wing. No, you cannot have a piece of fried fish. Like it's not available to you. Do y'all get that? Like, let me tell you something. Moderation is reserved for those that have self-control. That's number one. Okay, because I'm so sick of us thinking that moderation is how you live long and be and be healthy and happy. It's a whole bunch of sh- you shouldn't be moderating. A whole bunch. A whole bunch. Okay? If you have an addiction, moderation is not available to you. Like, if you can't get yourself off the sugar, off the salt, off the fat, off the alcohol, off the weed. Like, moderation is not a word that should ever exist in your vocabulary. Like, moderation is not available to you. Moderation is is a privilege reserved for those with self-control. Moderation is a privilege reserved for those with non-negotiables. Huh? Moderation is a privilege It is not a right. It is not. Stop thinking that it's, it's Memorial Day coming up. It's the holiday. It's my birthday. One hot dog won't hurt. Um, one hot dog will kill you. You don't know. You don't know what you're on a precipice of. You hot dog is a processed meat. It's a type one carcinogen. Okay? You got so many rogue cells in your body, and eating this hot dog is only gonna add billions more. And that's what cancer is, right? It's these cells that's floating around in your body that have lost an electron. They're scouring your body, trying to steal an electron from another cell, whereby making that cell, uh, you know, rogue and diseased and more, more likely to be cancerous. All cancer is, is a bundle of trillions of cells that have come together and now they formed a tumor that's big enough for the machine at your doctor's office to see. All of us have cancer in our bodies right now. It's just our next meal determines whether or not that diagnosis is going to present itself. All of us have cells in our body that are already compromised. But me choosing the kale over the cold cuts is me choosing health. It's me choosing to murder some cancer cells. Me choosing the grape. Over the grape juice, me choosing the orange over the orange juice, me choosing the apple over the apple juice is me murdering cancer cells. I'm so hyper aware that there's like there's something in my body that is waiting to be expressed. But is that going to be cancer or is that going to be optimal health? Like every time we eat, it's an opportunity to either feed disease, right? Or roll disease back and bring our bodies back to a place of alkalinity and balance so listen stop thinking that you can eat something that's inflammatory or that's super high in cholesterol hello fish okay hello shrimp everybody think it's so much healthier y'all you know uh 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 you know like hello lobster hello crab no no like I like my I like my shellfish I try and stay away from the catfish I try and stay. okay you grilling your shrimp okay Okay, yeah, that ain't nothing but cholesterol, though. Oh, you was already diagnosed with high cholesterol? you already on the statin? Nope, you can't eat meat and be healthy. you already sick. How does that work? How can you be healthy eating something that made you sick, that you taking medication for? Okay, so my whole point in part one was not to give you an invitation to eat meat. That was talking to the people who have already prioritized health in their life. They're checking every other box, right? And they're super conscious of what they're consuming and when they consume it and how it's prepared. Like, how many of y'all gonna even eat crab legs without butter? No, I'm dead serious. I want to answer in, in a comment. Like, who who gonna even eat crab legs without the and the shrimp without the garlic butter in the first place? Some people say it ain't even no point, right? I'm just adding a little shrimp to my garlic butter anyway, <laughs> right? So, or like, who who is going to eat like the steamed chicken that wasn't made in no oil? <laughs> Right. That's like all white meat with no skin. Right. Like and and sell them at that like once every couple of months. Like, no, what y'all wanted to hear is that you could wake up every day and eat sausage and bacon and cold cuts, you know, and all of and, And pork chomps and filet mignon and the best cut of steak and still be healthy. No, there is a reason that the number one cause of death in our country is a preventable disease. How does that even make sense? How is the number one cause of death in America something that's not airborne, something that's not that doesn't come from dirty water, something that doesn't come from an insect. But it's, it the number one cause of death in our country is the result of human choices, heart disease, heart disease, is not contagious. So you ain't get it. You ain't get it from grandma. You didn't you didn't get it from your brother or sister or your mom or your dad. It's not airborne. You didn't breathe it in that Uber like like heart disease is a result. Obesity is a result of choices you made over and over and over again. Year after year after year. Come on now. How does that make sense, y'all? And we just going to keep going. We just going to keep saying where well, everybody needs to have a vice, everything in moderation, a little bit won't hurt. I can reward myself with the same thing that made me sick because I refrain from it for two weeks. I can go to the funeral and eat the same thing that put grandpa in the casket right after the funeral. I'm tired. I'm tired. Like yo. Our level of disobedience to what's required to be the optimal version of ourself is shameful. It's shameful. Cause listen, the point of optimal health is not just for the sake of being healthy. That like being healthy is a human right. Like the point of ridding the body of excess weight, of ridding the body of disease, of ridding the body, you know, of dysfunction, of ridding the body of man-made medications, of, of stopping a reliance on man-made vitamins and supplements and protein powders and all that nonsense you buy off the shelf because you refuse to develop the discipline to eat the plants listen all of that all of that the whole point of it is so that you can leverage your health in order to be on assignment like it's not just so okay now I'm at a healthy weight now I'm disease-free now what now what? What is that you're supposed to check in with what's my assignment on this planet? Because when you rid the body of disease and dysfunction and all of that, you are going to develop a level of mental clarity that allows you to tap into a different frequency. So now we have a heightened vibrational frequency that allows you to get clear on what your assignment is on that planet. And that is the point of optimal health so that you can show up on assignment as the best version of yourself to serve who needs to be served so that the recipients of your obedience will be blessed. The point of optimal health is to bless others. That's the only point. Like the reason I'm able to create so much content, be so locked in with my students, be so engaged, you know, teach on a regular basis, create programs to serve, the reason I, I, I feel like I write so well, I speak so well, is because of my body and my brain being free of disease and dysfunction. The reason I'm, I can easily get, stand up in front of people and speak without any type of insecurities is because I'm at a healthy weight, I worked my ass off to get here, and I'm proud of my body. There is nothing impeding my ability to show up public, publicly and serve and for some of you all there's something from a health standpoint that's impeding your ability to serve and that is class a disobedience the point of optimal health is to bless others with your gift i don't know how many times i gotta say this and you fighting resisting optimal health by looking for permission to eat a chicken wing is ridiculous you looking for permission to eat butter and cheese just so you can keep your addiction, is you telling the people who are supposed to be blessed by your gift, F you. I refuse to be the best version of me for you, therefore I don't care. Like, you refusing to be the best version of yourself for the people you meant to serve is, is rude, is disrespectful, is out of line. Like, our mission on this planet, we people... Live the longest. People are, we're given the gift of grace. We're given the forgiveness. Things are made easy for us in the universe when we do what we're supposed to do. I was just having a conversation earlier with my nail tech and I'm like, I just can't, I just don't understand how people can be so kind, how so unkind. I don't understand how people can misuse people. I don't understand how somebody can live a life refusing to do what they're supposed to do like I just don't understand it I don't and I will never I will never try to understand it people have beautiful stories they have beautiful justifications but I will never try and understand with you being smart enough to be be able to explain yourself and justify it why you're not smart enough to get over it and move on and do what's required bring in the help that's required the key is you can't do it by yourself. Nobody asked you to do it by yourself. It just needs to get done. If you can't coach yourself to optimal health, damn it, hire a coach. If you can't, if you can't coach or counsel yourself to recovery from your childhood trauma, damn it, hire a therapist or a counselor. Nobody asked you to do it for yourself, but getting it done is still your responsibility. And thinking that it's okay to put poison in your body that doesn't align with the most optimal version of yourself and allow you to show up in the world the way you're supposed to, is ridiculous. And I will never go easier on people because I came from where you came from. I grew up in a meat household. I was, my household was not meatless. I didn't give up animal products. I didn't become a vegan until I was in my 30s. So I went three decades eating the same way many of you have. I was an overweight black woman like many of my students. So I'm not talking from a place of you can do it if you just put your mind to it. I'm not talking from a place of privilege like I never been to the hood, but you can go to college, too. No, I'm not. I'm not coming from a white savior standpoint. I'm coming from I get it. I know it's tough. I had to overcome food addiction. I had to come overcome food intimidation. I had to overcome limiting belief systems just like everybody else. But let me tell you something. My obedience to God and the assignment that he downloaded into me is going to be much higher. My loyalty to my assignment and to God is always going to be much higher than my loyalty to a cheeseburger, cheesecake, a cookie or a potato chip. Whatever has power over you, you've made your God, period. And you can't serve two masters. Whatever has power over you, you have made your God. So you need to figure out how to take your power back. If your only motivation for starting your business is a pursuit of money, you've got it messed up. The only point is service. It's to get out here and solve a problem and be in service to others. To bless somebody else with your obedience. That is our only point. And so, if you're looking, if you're in constant pursuit of good news about your bad habits, you are in the wrong pursuit. It's so crazy. Like, people will be like, I've been researching this and I've been studying this. But they search engine, their searches are way off. Like, what can I replace sugar with? You type in the wrong question in Google. You still trying to get good news about your bad habits. No. Who do I need to become? Like... How do you get over a sugar addiction is what you need to be typing. Who do I need to become so this thing don't have to have a hold on me? Who out here coaching to this? What's some regimens? Like, should I be just doing a complete fast? We trying to figure out the wrong. What's the best type of meat to eat? What? What about, what about cheese? That, what about goat cheese? What? You, you, even, your searches are off. You so misaligned. You so in pursuit of how can I change and stay the same at the same damn time. Y'all can't, you can't do that. You can, everybody knows the life that you seek is going to require you, right. To die to the life that you know, right. Like it's not like this person, she can't go with you over here. Like she can't come with you. Like stop trying to bring her along. Like it ain't working. Y'all can't coexist like two versions of you cannot coexist So you're gonna have to make the hard choice and the hard decision to be different to do something different to believe something different And to live something different consistently and if for you based on your health status That means a whole food plant-based diet. Then that's what it is. Stop fighting it Stop it. I have a good friend of mine who has an autoimmune disease she has rheumatoid arthritis, and every piece of research that she does about what foods cause flare-ups and what doesn't, she adheres to it. She found out nightshade vegetables wasn't no good. what she do? Well, there go tomatoes. It ain't no compromise. Like, maybe if I just take the seeds out, or maybe if I smash them down, or maybe if I cook them quickly at a high heat. No! It's not available to her anymore. Like, I don't understand what's there to talk about. Y'all gonna stop trying to fight me for this sugar. Stop trying to fight me for the... Man, I, heard, I was at a um, conference last week and one of the they did a health presentation. You know, I'm sitting in my seat squirming like like don't agree with that. Agree with that. Ooh, you should have told them that. But I'm like, OK, at least be cool. Right. But one of the things she did say that I agree with was um, she's like my clients ask me all the time. Like, when can I have candy? Like, when can I have chocolate? You know, when can I have alcohol? I guess, you know, she put them on a regimen based on their goals and she takes different stuff out of their diet. Right. Like any health coach does. And um, she said her clients then ask her, well, when is, you know, this going to be available to me again? After how many days or how many weeks can I reintroduce, you know, these chips, these cookies? I have a little bit of this. She said you can have it when you stop asking for it. Right. Like when you no longer need it, have to have it. Right. That's the point at which you can have it. And at that point, you ain't going to want it. And that's how I am. Like I can have like I'm not at risk of being obese again. I'm not. I just know I'm not like I'll never be fat again. I was fat once. I ain't going back. You know, I lost the weight. It's a done deal. Like death to her. Like I'm, it's over. So if I wanted to have, you know, a, a dessert like some a, a vegan dessert made with, you know, refined sugar, like most of them are. It ain't going to hurt much from a physical standpoint. I know it's not. I'm not going to wake up the next day with type 2 diabetes. I'm not going to, you know, all of a sudden, you know, probably, I'm probably not even going to fall back down the rabbit hole of sugar addiction. I know I'm not. It's, it's just my, my taste, but every, my whole body receives it differently now. My heart is probably going to beat fast. because That happened to me when some had sugar in it that I didn't know, right? And I'm probably going to get inflammation in my back. But like as far from a weight standpoint or disease standpoint, I'm not at risk if I have a dessert. But guess what? I don't desire it. It's not even appetizing to me. It doesn't even it, it does nothing for me like to go somewhere and see cake and cookies and sugary, whatever, even if it's vegan, is not tempting at all. And this is the point at which I can have it when it's not tempting at all. But it's also the point at which I no longer desire it. Right. And so it's just so important to remember and understand guys that the things that other people can do be careful thinking that you can do it too because if the body or the mind is not is already compromised there are things that other people can risk that you can't so if you're in the pursuit of optimal health whatever that looks like for you there are things that are not available to you So can you eat meat and still be healthy? The the real title from the beginning should have been, can you eat meat and stay healthy? Like going plant-based vegan and really getting the body back to an alkaline balanced state. And let's say that takes a year or two. It's at this point that now I probably can't afford to eat a hard-boiled egg, but it's not going to happen. Right? So is, is eating meat and staying healthy available to me personally? Yep, Probably will I do it? Nope. No, right? So, you can have it when you stop asking for it. That makes sense? I hope that makes sense. I got a couple of hearts here on Facebook. I got a <laughs> got a couple chuckles earlier so I'm I'm feeling like y'all was picking up what I was putting down. But I hope that added a little more context to part one of this talk because I felt like some people took that as permission to continue to eat animal products, even though they are still physically, mentally, or emotionally compromised. And that that was certainly not an invitation. It was just me breaking down possibility versus probability. That's what part one was all about. So if now you're like, oh, I'm super interested in hearing part one, Um, just visit the Black Health Academy podcast and look for Yes, You Can Eat Meat and Still Be Healthy. That's part one. That was a really, really popular talk. A lot of you guys love that talk. Um, And so this is part two of that. So I hope that makes sense. Shout out to my alumni students who uh, made this a thing. (laughs) Shout out to my alumni students who uh, sparked this conversation. So I'm about to send it to them in our private chat so they can listen to part two here. Um, But please don't take my words and think I'm ever giving you permission um, to not do hard work. Hard work is required. Whether you're trying to give up meat, give up sugar, exercise more, drink water consistently, um, move out of a place of disobedience and move into a career where you're more aligned and in obedience, whether you're trying to get rid of um, chronic stress in your life, all of it is required. Hard, is, hard work is required. And if a coach or somebody that you employ to help you um, tells you that it's they have a, a process Um, or a regimen that makes it easier, they're more than likely not um, operating out of full integrity because I'm a health coach. I'm a plant-based health coach. And in my programs, I've never once promised that I'm going to make adopting a whole food plant-based vegan diet uh, easier than doing it on your own. I'm telling you, you're going to be able to excel in the environment that I create. And I'm going to tell you how to do it in a healthy, sustainable manner But trust me when I tell you, my students are battling. They're coming right now because we're only in tonight is our third class. And they're coming up with um, they're, they're now coming face to face with their dependency on salt, oil and sugar. They're now coming face to face with, Lord, how do I do this and travel? How do I do this and, you know, go to events and dine out like they're they're trying to you know, slowly kill off the old version of themselves while, you know, helping their new self to thrive. And it is challenging. So it's not that it's going, it's not that it's necessarily doing the work is necessarily easier with a coach. The work is doable with a coach and with the community. Okay. Especially someone who's already done it and can lay out the process for you. Because sometimes the hardest thing about change and becoming is trying to piecemeal the steps together with all of your DIY research. Right. But if you have someone, if you invest in someone that has a process that they lay out in front of you to follow, it's not saying that that process is going to be easy. That process is more than likely going to push you outside of your comfort zone and you're going to it's hard in a different way. Does that make sense? My coaches in the other 23 are going through this right now. The other 23 is my plant based and coaching certification. And same thing. They're like, Lisa, I, I've been watching you for a long time. You have a level of mastery that I, that I admire, and I would love to have that level of mastery. And, you know, I want to change lives, too. I've been a part of your programs. When they get into other 23, the majority of our conversations are about limiting belief systems and mindset. Like, I'm telling them the process. I'm asking them to do the work, and they're still resisting. So having a coach doesn't make the work easier it makes it doable and it gives you you're now able to yield to someone who can coach you through those limiting beliefs that you have around doing this thing for many of my coaches inside of the other 23 they probably would have been if i told them this is the process to develop a level of authority this is the process to become a master around this content they probably would have been you know, drop the ball or gave up if they were doing this on their own, but because they're in a community and they're coming to class every, you know, every other week with me and we are talking through this, answering their questions, what to do, help Lisa, I just got my first client, like that's what a coach is for, but they will all still tell, you know, this is still hard work, It didn't necessarily get easier because I hired Lisa. And that's how your life is. That's how having a coach is. Anyone who tells you they can make it seamless and easy for you to give up sugar is lying. Because the only way to get over an addiction is detox and withdrawals. Like anybody who tells you you can have a little bit, any system that tells you you got a couple points so you can have a snicker bar, it's not a system built out of full-on integrity. Or I wouldn't say that, but it's not a system... Because do, people do believe they, they're helping people by telling them they can still eat poison. Like peop, some programs and coaches do believe that they're helping people by telling them, you know, you can still keep a little bit of this in your diet. But that's because their belief systems and the problem that they're trying to solve in their program is different from the problem I'm trying to solve in my program. Like Farm to Table is designed for people with chronic immediate, uncontrolled health challenges. And I am trying to put them in remission. I'm not trying to get them to feel slightly better. I'm not trying to help them lose a couple of pounds. Um, and I'm not trying to help them slowly do it over multiple years. So I don't give them meal plans. I don't give them permission to eat a little bit of some poison. Um, I don't, um, uh, Tell them to subscribe to some frozen meals that are just shipped to you that have not been verified as clean and whole. Like, the point of my program is not convenience. You get what I'm saying? Like, a lot of programs are built on trying to make it easier for you. That's not what I do. And so a lot of people need to know that before they work with me. Like, I'm not going to make it easier for you. You're just going to enroll in a system that's been proven in a process that's been proven in the way I lay out and the way I teach it and you're gonna be enrolling I'm gonna be teaching you different perspectives and ways at looking at things that you looking at things that you haven't before but the hard work is still the hard work like you have to go through withdrawals and detox to get over your addiction my program is not going to circumvent that step like Does that make sense, y'all? So I think sometimes we believe that somebody somewhere has created a process or a system that makes the hard work easier. And that's the reality that you need to face, that it doesn't work like that. To get to where I am, to get to where you want to be, to get to where the people are that you watch and you admire, the hard work was, was done, was required. And they did it like if they if they are truly operating from a high level of integrity, they did the hard work like with coaches. Like I have a coach. It doesn't stop me from having to show up and do the work. And so you have to understand that as well. I, I will never give you permission to eat meat just because you can still technically lose weight um, whilst eating eggs. No. I, I'll, if it's just because it's hard doesn't mean I'm going to take it away from you. I'll empathize with you all day. Oh, yeah, you can have my shoulder. I'll empathize with you, but I'll never be the coach that gives you permission. Right. Like my students right now, there's there's no alcohol allowed. Like I don't No, There's no oil allowed. No. Right. It's I never promised you it's going to be easy. All I promised you was results. I promised you that if you enrolled in this regimen, the chronic disease that you came in here with. We will be able to potentially put that in remission or get you off of medications if you follow this process. How do I know? I've done it with many others. I have receipts. I've been spending years developing this process. That's all it is. It's a guaranteed process. It's not guaranteed ease of access. Does that make sense? So that's what we need to understand. Um, it, whatever you want to achieve is going to require hard work. And no coach, no matter how good they are, it's going to help you get around the hard work. It's just like a personal trainer. Like, dude, no matter how many squats I do, they're not going to affect your thighs. But you got to do the squats, too. You got to sit on that. You got to you got to sit on that bike. You got to climb that Stairmaster. I'm, I'm going to be down here cheering you on. I'm going to be here for you when you're trying to text me and cancel. And I'm going to tell you to get your butt over here. But the pain is yours, the discomfort is yours. And you guys already know that. So that's all I got today. So yes, you can eat meat and stay healthy if you came healthy, if you showed up healthy, if you checking all the health boxes, there is a chance for sure that you won't succumb to disease and premature death. But if, like I said, for 95 to 100% of those you listening, that is not your situation. You need to refrain from inflammatory animal products, mucus disease ca- causing um, growth hormone latent animal products. It's not available to you in the health and the season that you're in. And when can you have it? When you stop asking for it. Listen, I'm about to get out of here. It's been 59 minutes and 18 seconds <laughs> of me venting and going off. I got a little emotional in the middle. I don't know if y'all saw, but when I was talking about obedience. Like in the back of my back of my left, I started tearing up because I get so passionate about this because the world would be a better place if we all just serve people and bless people with our gift. So anyway, listen, y'all, this is my last year teaching farm to table plan based coaching program. And so if you're interested in working with me now, knowing that the hard work is still going to Be your responsibility. I will never try and sugarcoat that to take your money and get you in the door. Absolutely not. I'm going to be completely honest and transparent with you. But if you're interested in that type of coaching, um, we do not do point systems. We don't count calories, right? It's just doing the work. Um, together in a proven process and in a community, um, then you want to apply for Farm to Table. Go to lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. You can read about Farm to Table. You can hear testimonials from some of my alumni um, and see if it's something you may be interested in. And then if you are a health professional and you're interested in getting certified in plant-based nutrition and coaching, then you want to apply for the other 23. That's also at lisaangelsmith.com Forward slash work with me, lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. You can read about the other 23 where I work with coaches who are um, interested in impacting a specific segment of the population by teaching them how to adopt a true whole food, plant based lifestyle. So, not just how to go vegan. All right. I teach a very elevated. We we I teach my coaches a very elevated level of plant based living because they are um, deciding to work with segments of the population who are already diseased or compromised. Um, And so we have to take it to a next to another level. Right. And so if that is you, if you're a health professional, it could be everything from a health coach to a doctor or nurse. And, you know, mastering this Content so that you can teach it to others is part of your calling and part of how you want to serve and bless the world. Then please apply for the other 23. That's lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. And I hope to work with you. Listen, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys for joining in and chiming in. Y'all let me know if you're watching or listening to this on a replay, whether or not it helped put part one in perspective and whether or not you're going to finally put down that they're chicken wing and that their um cheese and egg sandwich because, listen, okay? All right. Until next time, y'all. Ciao. <laughs>